Thank you and good evening, good evening to everyone. It is such a pleasure to be here this evening. And I will begin by declaring that I have many science heroes, as should you all in this room this evening. The renegades of new ways of thinking, the sometimes accidental discoverers and champions of knowledge, the risk takers and the polymaths of life that help us understand the world we live in just that little bit more. Many of my heroes take their own path in life. The transdisciplinary pioneers who, for example, would happily ingest a rare parasite to sneak it through customs and to later poop it out for a research experiment all in the name of science. It was therefore a very difficult task to pick just one hero for tonight. But given the theme of perfection and the co-hosting of Science Gallery, which of course prides itself in the collision of art and science, I couldn't go past one of my all-time favourite heroes, Leonardo da Vinci. And I'm sure you're all now thinking, well, how cliche. Well, how dare you? The quintessential cliche of art and science is anything but cliche. So strap yourself in, folks, for a wild ride of sexual debauchery, of human corpses, of jealousy, obsessive perfectionism, and weird, wonderful inventions. And so the story begins in a land far, far away, in a land called Italia. This was the time of the 15th century, and a time when science was crudely unsophisticated compared to modern times. Most of the story plays out in the cities of Florence and Milan, places that were at the heart of the Renaissance. This was a time when art and science intertwined, and death and religion flaunted themselves on every street corner. In the late 1400s, Florence was one of the most liberal and free-thinking places in the world. Enter Leonardo, a simple teenage country boy and an illegitimate son to a father who had far more lo lovers than anyone cared to divulge. Leonardo arrives with crude manners and a rough, raw accent to become an artist's apprentice in the studio of Verruccio, a renowned artist of the time who also tutored Botticelli. And so began the career of one of the most iconic artists of all time. But of course, he was not just an artist. He was also a scientist. Leonardo was unconventional. He was a flamboyant, extrovert, vegetarian, ambidextrous, paranoid, dyslexic, gay dandy. He had long flowing curls of hair and would controversially swan around wearing pink or purple shorts, a social taboo at the time. Uh, not because of the colour, which he stated enhanced his complexion, but rather because he was, ge he was generally perceived that a grown man should never wear shorts. 
Leonardo was also a very handsome man and shared Verruccio's studio with many other handsome young men. I'm sure you know where this is going. While diverse sexuality abound in Florence, many forms of sexual expression remained illegal. And to make matters worse, there existed an unusual convention in the city that allowed anyone to proclaim their grievances and hearsay knowledge by writing notes and placing them in tamburi. These special boxes allowed anyone to say anything they liked about anyone. And at the age of just 23, Leonardo, along with three other men, was public, publicly accused in early 1476 of poking his you-know-what in another man's you-know-what. The offence carried punishment of the death penalty and by a horrific means to be burnt at the stake. Things were heating up. Leonardo's case was heard by a judge and after proclaiming his innocence was passed without judgment, only to be heard a few days later. Luckily for Leonardo, and indeed our collective creative and scientific knowledge, the case was entirely dismissed and the men weren't charged. Leonardo was also a polymath and a paranoid perfectionist. We all know that millennials like to chop and change their jobs regularly. Well, let's consider Leonardo. He was an artist, painter, sculptor, writer, musician, designer, philosopher, cartographer, engineer, mathematician, anatomist, botanist, and geologist. Quite the impressive CV. As an artist, he actually only produced about 20 paintings in his lifetime. And I know what you're all thinking. What a lazy, lazy man. <laughs> Indeed, Leonardo was notorious for never finishing his works of art, but not because he was lazy, but rather because he was a perfectionist. His perfectionism discouraged him from declaring a painting ever to be officially finished. Let's look at some of his most famous paintings. He spent more than five years painting the Mona Lisa in Florence, and then three years painting the Last Supper in Milan. By comparison, Michelangelo, who was of course a fellow artist at the same time, churned out hundreds of paintings. Michelangelo and Leonardo really actually despised one another. But we'll get back to Leonardo's art in a little while. But what about Leonardo the scientist, I hear you say? Well, his list of discoveries and quirky inventions are quite imp impressive. Leonardo would passionately keep notes and sketches and document his many genius ideas and thoughts. Among his many discoveries, he was the first to explain why the sky is blue. And his studies of river erosion convinced him that the earth is much older than the Bible implied, whereby he argued the falling sea levels, not the great flood of Noah's Ark's time, left marine fossils within rocky mountains. Yet he was also a little bit paranoid. 
Well, actually, he was hugely paranoid, and he was constantly afraid that his ideas would be stolen. And so he wrote all of his notes in left-handed mirror writing and used codes to further disguise his work. Who does that? Well, to be honest, it's not that, uh, not that different to the modern equivalent of mouthing off on WhatsApp to your friends, is it? No one can hack your thoughts these days with the extreme encryption of the algorithms. Leonardo was perhaps well before his time. But back to Leonardo the scientist. He designed a parachute, helicopter, calculator, double-hulled ship, an armoured car, a machine gun, a scythe chariot, an anemometer, a pile driver, a revolving bridge, a pulley, a lagoon dredge, a flying ship, a robot knight, a casting mould of the head and neck, a machine for grinding convex lenses, a compass, a rowboat, floating snowshoes, an underwater breathing device, a diving bell, and so the list goes on. Certainly not the under, underachiever, were you, Leonardo? Leonardo also survived the plague. People were dropping like flies during the Renaissance thanks to the Black Death. In 1479, in Florence, the plague caused thousands of deaths, with bodies often piling up in public areas and corpses rotting in the streets. Medicine was all but a pseudoscience, and little was known about the disease other than it was highly contagious. But what should Leonardo do when faced with a street full of rotting corpses? Offer some sage advice, of course. Take some fresh rose water, moisten your hands, and it will be agreeable, he calmly suggested during his first brush with the plague. Helpful advice indeed. But Leonardo was not afraid of the dead, for he had become an expert in understanding human anatomy. By bravely dissecting decaying bodies he had sometimes stolen from graves, he is believed to, be, uh, to have controversially conducted at least 30 complete dissections of human bodies. Controversially, because dissecting a body was deemed taboo and unsavoury at the time. Well, perhaps it still is. Forced to work under the cover of night with bodies that quickly decayed and facing the ever threat of disease, Leonardo made exquisite drawings of the human body for art. Uh, but in doing so, became one of the best-known anatomists. While to many he was a bit of a necromaniac, he was actually a genius, discovering that the optic nerves connect, to the eyes, uh, connect the eyes to the brain and mapping out the classical proportions of the muscles and limbs in his sketch of Vitruvian Man, which some believe is a sneaky, naked self-portrait. Well, Leonardo, if you've got it, well, flaunt it. <laughs> Incredibly, Leonardo uh, does not die from some horrible infectious disease, but at the age of 76, died of a stroke. So, as we reach the end of the story of the fabulous genius that Leonardo was, 
I share one more quirky tale. Leonardo had a pet dragon. Also, he would tell his friends. He would disguise lizards with other animal parts. Fish scales, bat ears and wings, just to freak out his friends when he invited them over for dinner. So what's not, no, so what's not to love about this gay, pet dragon-owning artist and scientist? Thank you, Leonardo, and thank you to everyone tonight.